Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It's your buddy, it's your friend, it's your podcasting partner. It's Andrew Zimmel in studio with you, and I am jazzed. I am so excited because two big things happen today. One, TCU baseball won, and two, Texas baseball lost. I'm so excited. we got a lot to get into. Got to talk about the baseball team and their ass-kicking win against Kansas State. Got to react to a little bit of sound from Sonny Dykes. Got to talk about the top 75 college quarterbacks of the 21st century. The four-letter network put out their list. I have some thoughts and opinions. All right, let's get into it. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. Remember, subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get our merry little podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome aboard. If you've never listened before, well, let me hypnotize you into coming back again because this is a great podcast, one of the only podcasts that talks strictly TCU athletics. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing less in this world that's topsy-turvy. Hang out with us. Talk a little TCU. So subscribe, rate, review wherever you get it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. Uh, and once you do that, win yourself a koozie. It is officially, well, not officially, it's not Memorial Day yet, but we're getting closer to summertime. We're getting closer to Super Regionals. We're getting closer to watching baseball all the time as TCU is trying to work their way into that Super Regional. How about you sit and have a cold one in a nice koozie? You can get a koozie, win a free Harlan College Sports koozie by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Send it to Pete Mundo at HartlandCollegeSports.com. That's Pete Mundo, the big boss. M-U-N-D-O at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. So let's talk about it. TCU, they broke their foot off in Kansas State, a 16-3 win Wednesday morning. And we talk a lot about different teams. College athletics, it's all about a grand stage. Sometimes the spotlight is too bright on young men. And I, you know what? I recorded a little bit before. I, I went back and I actually edited myself. I self-censored myself because I felt like I was being a little bit too mean to the Kansas State baseball players. Because all things being equal here, these are young college athletes, right? And I don't want to be a jerk to those guys. Who I do want to be a jerk to is Kansas State fans who have been dogging me in my mentions, who have been coming into my Twitter DMs talking about how great Manhattan, Kansas is. Yuck. How great Kansas State is disgusting. And look, the wild kittens, they couldn't put up a fight today. I was watching this game on my laptop at work. Don't tell my boss. I was watching the game at work. And within the first four innings, you knew the game was done. 10 runs in the first four innings, 16 runs overall. Brandon Taylor, he homered his 44th career home run. He just continues to work his way up the TCU career charts in the Phillips 66 Big 12 championship game Monday or Wednesday morning. Here's the deal. First game of the tournament, you got all your eyes on you. It was on ESPNU, which is, let's see, the fifth-ranked ESPN site, I think, at this point. But, hey, we're still on ESPN. It's all good. Uh, People were watching. I was watching. TCU fans were watching. The stadium looked pretty eh, sparsely full. It's fine. But this is the type of game that you can't roll over. You know, in sports right now, we're talking about a lot of different teams, a lot of professional athletes who just give up. You know, they roll over, they let the soft belly show. TCU did not do that, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Because I'll be honest with you, if you listen to the podcast before you know, my love affair with TCU baseball is very one-sided. Because every time I show them any sort of love, any sort of, 
you know, uh, 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 me professing how much I love him. This is the thing that got me into TC Athletics, the baseball program. This is before Andy Dalton. This is before the Red Rocket. This is before everything else. I was a TCU baseball fan. I, I was very much into this baseball program. So the fact that they've kind of been up and down all season, they haven't really shown me any consistency. I was very concerned. They were, they were the four seed coming in. They beat the number five seed, Kansas State, 16-3. to The top of the order, which I've been very critical of, Elijah Nunez, uh, Carson Bowen, and uh, Braden Taylor, they combined... 10 of 19 today for 11 RBIs in that 16-run game. And Taylor, of course, he homered. He looked great. The big thing, though, was the pitching staff. Cam Brown, he started for the Frogs. He allowed two runs, one hit, three and a third. And what I loved about this is that they said, you know what? You're walking, guys. He walked six batters. He struck out four. We're going to move things around. We're going to change things up. We're not going to just run with one pitcher in this game that if you look at the tournament schedule, if you look at how it's all broken up, TCU's on one side of the bracket. The rest of the Big 12 is on the other side of the bracket. So you're going to face one of these teams again. You're either going to face Texas or Kansas State again if you're TCU, which don't let's get too far ahead of ourselves. But Cam Brown didn't have it today. It was obvious. He didn't have it. Let's save him for later in the tournament. Let's kind of... Give him a little bit of time. He walked six batters, struck out four. Uh, Jax Traeger, he got the win 2-0 on the season. He allowed one run uh, on a hit. He walked four, struck out four. And Chase Hoover, he pitched a scoreless seventh inning. This game only went seven innings because of the run disparity because TCU ran the score up as high as they did. I love this game. If you've listened before, you know. If you're a TCU fan, you get it. Kansas State is the rival in the Big 12. With the mixing and mashing of different quarterback or different uh, different teams leaving, Oklahoma and Texas leaving, Colorado potentially coming in, UCF coming in, Houston coming in, there is a power vacuum, not only for football, but there's a power vacuum for athletics. Who will become the number one athletics program? Sure, the fall matters. Football is the number one thing that's always going to be on front of everybody's mind. But when it comes to springtime, when it comes to the Big 12 basketball tournament, when it comes to volleyball, softball, right? Who who is going to be the thing? Who's going to be the team, the athletic program that kind of rises to the top? And I said, as Oklahoma and Texas are leaving, there is new premier rivalry in the conference. It used to be Baylor. It used to be Baylor, but Art Bryles and Kim Mulkey have pretty much made sure that will never come back, right? Mulkey leaving, Art Bryles essentially putting Baylor football in such a weird, hellish spot with all the stuff that he was up to. So the, the odds of a Baylor-TCU rivalry like we had in the early 2010s, I don't think that that is in the foreseeable future. What is in the foreseeable future, what is in the present, is a Kansas State rivalry. So breaking your shoe off in Kansas State today, winning 16-3, to absolutely dominating the Diamond. A statement win. I think it was the biggest win in the Big 12 tournament so far. A statement win tells me that TCU baseball is here, that TCU baseball has a chance now for an at-large bid. I think they're going to win the uh, Big 12. After a win like that, it's hard to get... It's hard to be not a prisoner of the moment when you score 16 runs, right? And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a prisoner of the moment because I think the TCU wins this game. I think they beat Kansas 
and I think that uh, this is a team that's going to be playing for a Big 12 title later this weekend. So let's talk about it. Because number eight, Kansas, they upset Texas. Kind of shocking to me. Didn't see that one coming. Wasn't on my bingo card. Kansas was able to get a 2-1 lead after three innings and then tacked on four in the top of the seventh to win 6-3. Travis Sheath gave up four earned runs for Texas in relief, and that is the guy that's gotten tacked with the loss. TCU swept Kansas in the regular season, an 8-6 win, an 18-5 win, and a 14-0 win. So, needless to say, I feel very confident going up against the Jayhawks. And boy, oh boy, would not be sweet to knock off not one but two of the Kansas teams in the Big 12. Now, we record this podcast once a week. So the next time that we talk, we're going to be reacting to the baseball team. We'll be reacting to what we saw this weekend, essentially, right? But I'll tell you right now, man, I am very optimistic because the other thing is with Cam pitching today, we kind of have an idea of who the starting pitcher will be tomorrow. So we're recording this podcast Wednesday. Thursday is the Kansas-TCU game. Thursday's starting pitcher. I have no idea, right? It hasn't been released yet. They don't have these starting lineups, anything out yet. So this is just me speculating. So if I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, don't hold it against me. I think it's going to be Cole Keckler who pitches on Thursday against Kansas. Because he pitched against Kansas in March. Seven innings pitched. He allowed he allowed eight hits, two earned runs, while striking out five in March. So the game is going to be at 4 p.m. Thursday on ESPNU. If TCU wins, they'll have Friday off, which is very nice. You'd like to have Friday off. Uh, before playing on Saturday. If they lose, they'll play the winner of Texas and Kansas State. So the winner of that game moves on. The loser of that game is done. Now, in a perfect world, here's what happens. Kansas State knocks off Texas. I don't know how it would happen. I don't know if they can do it. But the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? In a perfect world, Kansas State knocks off Texas, and then TCU can knock off Kansas State. That is a perfect world. Right? I don't want to look too far ahead. I don't want to say, oh, Kansas, they stink. They're the eighth seed. TCU swept them in the regular season. Uh, they're going to roll over them, and then they're going to go play the winner of Texas and Kansas State. I don't want to say that, but I am going to say it. I'm overlooking Kansas. Kansas got swept in the regular season. They didn't put up much of a fight in March. I don't think they're going to put up a much of a fight in May. I'm going with TCU in this one. I think TCU rolls over the Jayhawks. And I would like them to go up against Kansas State because the Texas matchup does not match up favorably for TCU. I'd rather play Kansas State again and just really rub their noses into it. You know, I, I really want to beat Kansas State twice in this Big 12 tournament. All right, let's move on. Uh, eight TCU baseball players that got conference honors. Only one guy made first team. That would be Brandon Taylor. It makes sense. He homered again today, 44th career home run. Uh, reliever Garrett Wright and freshman short, shortstop Anthony Silva. They were both renamed second-team winners. Silva has the guy that I had my eye on before the season. We've really hyped him up on this podcast a lot. I've, I like the way that he plays the position of shortstop. I think he's a good defensive middle infielder. He's got a pretty hot bat as well. A couple of freshmen uh, were named to the honorable mention list. That's Cole Keckler, who I imagine is going to be pitching on Thursday, Luis Rodriguez, as well as freshman catcher Carson Bowen. First baseman Cole Finetel were all mentioned as uh, honorable mentions 
for the Big 12. Big 12 gave up a lot of awards. Texas won a ton of them. Glad TCU got their guys in there as well. All right, here's some Sonny Dykes audio from our guy, uh, Zach Lebb on CBS Sports Radio. I want to set this up. So he had Sonny Dykes on, which kind of shocked me because Sonny Dykes, TCU, doesn't get a lot of national attention. So when I saw this soundbite that got uh, trended on Twitter, I said to myself, okay, we got to talk about this. We got to get this on the podcast because I like Zach. I think he's a pretty good uh, sports talk host. And what Sonny Dykes says here is very interesting. So here's the clip from the show, and uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. When you're on the road recruiting, and we know TCU's been a good football program for a while, but after the year you guys just had, what are kids now saying when you walk into a high school about the TCU football program? Well, I think, look, the the reason I took this job, the reason I came over from SMU is I felt like TCU was a program that could play for championships. And, you know, when I talked to our coaching staff and I said, here's why we're going to do this, that's what we talked about. The very first time we met with the players, that's what we talked about. Look, this is a team that, you know, this is the kind of place where we think we can play for championships. And we played for a Big 12 championship and a national championship uh, both this year, and, and we lost both of them. We've got to figure out a way to win those. But but that's that's the kind of place this is. And, and now when you sit down with the recruits and you talk to them, you say, hey, look, we can win a national championship here. It's not that far-fetched. It's not that big of a of a dream. You know, it's it's more of something that they just saw play out in front of them. Um, you know, certainly uh, we didn't play our best against Georgia. We ran into a very, very good football team, and, and – you know, they did a better job getting their team ready to, to play than we did. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, we were there. And those recruits can see that. Their families can see that. The high school coaches in Texas and across the country can see that. And, and now those are the expectations for our program is to, you know, to consistently be a championship-level program. All right, so there's a lot there, right? These are the things that stood out to me. Coach Dyke said that they can play for a national championship, that they can win a national championship. That, to me, is the key in that conversation. The key in all of that, the major takeaway, is that TCU coaches believe they can win a national championship, which is half the freaking battle. That's half the battle. You talk to a lot of these coaches, you give them a little bit of truth serum, a lot of them would tell you, hey, we're just trying to trying to win the conference. Hey, we're just, we're just trying to win a bowl game. Hey, we're just trying to be competitive. Our alumni base isn't expecting a national championship. They're not expecting a conference championship. They just want, they'd like a bowl game, a bowl win every once in a while, maybe a New Year's Six Bowl every 10 years, and we're, we're good to go. I'm so happy that Sonny Dykes isn't thinking like that because uh, it'd be real easy. It'd be real easy to be a small private school in the Big 12 and say, well, you know, we're not really competing for national championships. We're just trying to be competitive. We're trying to stay competitive. I'm so freaking happy he said that, man, because I've heard it too many times from too many different people that, oh, you know, we're not really, we're not really national. No, no, yes, you are. You are a national contender now. I'm so happy he said that. I did not love that he mentioned that they lost both of them. I did not love that he mentioned that Georgia got their guys ready to play in the national championship more than TCU's guys were ready to play. Didn't love to hear that. I understand that you can't say on a national radio show, we got out-schemed, we got out-talented, we got out... I'm glad that he didn't say that, and he just went with, we didn't get the guys ready, but that did leave a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Didn't get them ready to play. Didn't love, didn't love that. 
What I did love, and this is the last thing on this audio, because I, again, love my guy Zach uh, Gleb, love CBS Sports Radio. I wanted him to see this. This is the this is the sneaky thing. So the big thing, we can compete for titles. We can compete for national championships. That was great. The sneaky thing he got in there is high school coaches are recognizing that. Because if players can see it in the state of Texas, then you already have a leg up on the other programs in the state. And by other programs, there's only two that really matter. Okay, There's two programs that are competing with TCU, in my opinion, when it comes to these recruiting battles. From here on, historically speaking, you got a lot of different names. Throw SMU in there in the same geographical area. You throw Houston. You throw Baylor. Okay, You can put all those names in there. That's historically speaking. Currently, in 2023, there are two programs that are going to go for the same type of players that TC is going to be going for. It's going to be the University of Texas. It's going to be Texas A&M. They're both going to the SEC. A&M already there. Texas going. They're going to say, hey, look, we're the SEC. We win all these national championships. We're the best conference. You'd be crazy to argue against that. Look, I'm a, I'm a Big 12 lifer. I love the Big 12. I love TCU. You'd be crazy to say the SEC isn't this premier conference. They just are. I don't know what they put in the water down there in Baton Rouge. I don't know what they're doing over there in Tuscaloosa or Athens. But, hey, it's a damn good conference. And Texas and A&M are both going to say to their recruits, hey, we play in this great conference. It's got a bunch of games on television. Very cool. Nobody can argue that TCU is better equipped today to play in a national championship than Texas and A&M. Nobody can say that. Right? Maybe you argue, oh, Texas is going to be really good this year. Quinn Ewers, Archie Manning, uh, Sarkeesian, right? Like You throw all these names out there. One program has played in a national championship. The other one has simmed NCAA to 2024. Okay. One of those programs has done it in real life. The other one is on a video game console. University of Texas has not played for a national championship. Played a Sugar Bowl. Very cool. Glad they won the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago. Very happy for Sam Ellinger and those boys. It's not the same thing. TCU is better equipped to win, to compete for a national championship today than any other Power 5 program in the state of Texas. And the fact that Sonny Dykes is on National Sports Talk Radio Show saying, hey, look, high school coaches see it. Parents see it. The kids see it. The bling is cool. Being the premier, the flagship program of the state is very cool. Texas is that, in my opinion. Texas is the flagship program in the state. But one of those programs played for a national championship. It's not Baylor. It's not Houston. It's not A&M. It's not Texas. It's TCU. TCU played for a national championship. I'm very, very glad that he mentioned this high school coaches line there. I'm glad he threw that in there because I think it's important. I think high school coaches recognize it, and I think that when you're on the recruiting trail and you're talking to high school coaches and players and you say, hey, look, one of these teams played against one of the best defenses of all time in Georgia. Was it a competitive game? I'd like to think it was more competitive than people give it credit for, but hey, right? It was a game. Happened. TCU, Sunny Dykes, I love where they're at. I want to shout out CBS Sports Radio one more time for giving us that audio. All right, last thing. So I like the four-letter network. I'm one of the few people who is still a fan of ESPN Plus and all that type of jazz. 
I like some of their writers, and I really like uh, Billy Conley, but I think he's so wrong here. So he's a staff writer for ESPN. He put out his uh, 60 best college football quarterbacks of the 2000s. He updated it to top 75. Two TCU quarterbacks made the list. It was uh, Max Duggan, and it was Andy Dalton. Dalton came in at 64. Duggan came in at 62. Here's a big problem with that. Problem number one, I love Max Duggan. I really do. Heisman contender, got us to the national championship, gave us a lot to cheer for this last year. The fact that they have him at 62, two spots ahead of Andy Dalton, is insane and very disrespectful for the Red Rocket. Andy Dalton should have competed for a national championship. The BCS system rigged it against him. They knew that TCU playing a national championship against Cam Newton or against Oregon would get fewer views than having a Heisman winner versus Oregon, a high-powered offense. It was only for television ratings. TCU won the Rose Bowl. They should have played the national championship. That's a hill I will die on. I will die on that hill. Andy Dalton had an excellent career, one of the best careers of the early 2010s. Okay, These are his numbers for three years as a starter. 10,000 yards, 62% completion percentage, 71 touchdowns. Conley wrote about Dalton that every year he's a starter, they went 12-2, and or 11-2, correction, 12-1, and and 13-0 in a Rose Bowl win in his final season. He then got drafted in the first freaking round to the Cincinnati Bengals, and if they went to a competent organization, he might have hoisted a freaking Lombardi trophy. That kid was incredible. Don't confuse his past couple seasons as a backup quarterback in the NFL with what he was doing at TCU when they were in the Mountain West. And you want to argue that Duggan playing in the Big 12, better competition, did more stuff, that's fine. But I'm saying to you now that Andy Dalton had an excellent career at TCU, and I think he's one of the, if not, he's one of the best quarterbacks in TCU. David O'Brien, of course, number one. I think Andy Dalton's in the top five. I think Duggan's in the top seven. 9,000 yards as a starter, 60% completion percentage, 73 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. He also rushed for 28 TDs. So Conley writes, he almost didn't end up as a starter his senior year, but he made the most of his last chance, throwing for 3,600 yards, finishing second in the Heisman, and then, of course, playing in the national title game. But again, I say, Andy Dalton was a better quarterback than Max Duggan. I love Max Duggan. I thought he had a great season. But you take Andy Dalton's senior season, and put it on this TCU team with Sonny Dykes. I'm not saying the TCU wins the national championship, but I'm saying that they're just as competitive. Okay, so I, I was really upset by that. I love Duggan. I love Dalton. Both of them probably could be higher. 62 and 64 feels a little bit low, considering uh, how many mediocre quarterbacks kind of got ranked ahead of them. I digress. What was, and this is the last thing, we'll wrap the podcast up on this. A lot of Big 12 quarterbacks in the top 10. One being very head-scratchery. So, RG3, Heisman winner, number 10. Kyler Murray, Heisman winner, number 7. One of the best quarterbacks of all time without a Heisman. And number 3, Baker Mayfield at number 1. That didn't make any sense to me. I didn't know why Baker was number 1 on this list, considering I would take Vince Young for sure over Baker. And, you know, RG3 kind of gets slept on. Waco didn't have a defense for the longest time. He looked really good that Heisman season. I, I really admire RG3's Heisman season, one of the better ones. Uh, Johnny Manziel, that's another name that I kind of was surprised wasn't ranked higher on that list. Anyway, uh, that is going to do it. Next week we will talk TCU 
baseball some more hopefully we'll talk about the super regionals potentially and of course how they do in this tournament and you know we might even sneak a reaction podcast in if they win the whole damn thing and if they do make sure you tune in right here to the hypnotoad podcast remember to subscribe rate review wherever you get your podcast and win a free harlan college sports koozie by leaving a rating and review on itunes send it to pete mundo at harlan college sports.com that's going to do it for us we will see you guys back here next week